I heard a story. In fact, I heard it from about two, three persons. And I would like to share the story with you. The story is told of a gentleman who went to knock on the door of his son. The son was sleeping. So he went there, he knocked on the door. Kofi, wake up! The son replied, Papa, why should I wake up? He said, Kofi, wake up and go to school. So, Papa, I don't want to go to school. Papa asked Kofi, give me reason why you don't want to go to school. Kofi said, Papa, I'll give you three reasons why I don't want to go to school. Number one, school is dull. Number two, when I go, the children tease me. And number three, I just hate going to school. Then Papa said, Kofi, I will also give you three reasons why you must go to school. Number one, it is your duty to go to school. Number two, Kofi, you are 45 years old. And number three, Kofi, you are the headmaster. You are the headmaster. Wake up and go to school. Stop sleeping. Do you get it? This morning, by the grace of God, the message we are going to share is sleeping, wake up. It is more like asking, are you sleeping? Wake up. And I hope we are not like the 45-year-old headmaster who was sleeping when he should be at school. The summary of what we're going to talk about today is we're going to look at the danger of sleeping spiritually. Take some examples of spiritual sleeping and briefly just itemize, not go into detail, how to keep spiritually awake. Sleep is a period of rest. During which the sleeper loses awareness of his surroundings. In fact, it's a period of rest. If you are deeply asleep now, and somebody comes into the room, there's a high likelihood you'll not even be aware that somebody has come there. If even there's fire around you, you may not realize it, and you could get suffocated. So sleep is a period where you become unaware of your surroundings. Being spiritually asleep 
describes life in an inactive addiction. That is avoiding changes that need to be made. Isolation. Willing to do or take anything to avoid discomfort. And repeated self-destructive behavior. In the Bible, sleeping can mean carnal or fleshly indifference to spiritual things or insensitivity to divine things. When in scripture we say you are asleep, it's as if you are insensitive to things that are divine. Wake up. It's rise up or rouse from sleep. When you are out of sleep, you are aware, you are conscious. So to be awake is to be in a state of awareness. You know what is happening. Sleeping spiritually then means you appear to be doing spiritual things, but you are actually unconscious. You don't know what is happening. You pretend to be doing things you don't understand. Note, sleep is one of the fundamental elements of being human being. Not getting enough sleep or getting the right kind of sleep can impact on your health very seriously. Sleeping is a wonderful blessing God has given to us. You need to sleep to refresh. However, oversleeping has several negative consequences. When you are addicted to sleep physically, it is bad. But it is worse when this is transferred to the spirit of man so that your spirit is asleep. You are awake, but the spirit is asleep. I remember Jesus once saying that, let those who have ears to hear, what? Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So it's not everybody who has the ears who hears. And it's not everybody who has the eyes that it is very instructive when we look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 35. It says, while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among which and went his way. So when you are unaware, when you are unconscious, the enemy does many things which can help you. So, we're going to look at some examples from scripture that relate to scriptural sleeping. And we'll cite a few, maybe ten or less, examples of signs or indications that you are sleeping spiritually. And I'll just itemize, say, four points or five on what makes you spiritually awake. I'm itemizing because that subject is a whole sermon, in fact, a symposium, right? First, we have what I will call the sleep of Jonah or the sleep of disobedience. Disobedience is like rebellion. Let us, brethren, take a look at Jonah chapter 1. 
Jonah chapter 1. It's quite a long verse, but I'll go through it. May we hear the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tashish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tashish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tashish from the presence of the Lord. The storm at sea. But the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. So, the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we will, may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please, tell us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what are your people? For what cause is this trouble upon us? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he, that is Jonah, said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of the Lord. Brethren, let us take a closer look at the story of Jonah. 
Jonah was told by God to go to Nineveh, the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, and to warn them to repent or be judged by God. What did Jonah do? He disobeyed God instead. He disobeyed God. In fact, he rebelled against God. Rebellion is open disobedience against an authority. So he rebelled. He disobeyed God. And instead of going to say towards Keta, he decided to go towards Elubu, the very opposite direction that God wanted him to go to. And further, he went onto the ship, went to the lowest part of the ship, and fell fast asleep, asleep, unconscious of whatever was happening around him. We all run away from God sometimes. We put off giving up a habit. We give all types of excuses. In fact, there are some people even here who have the call of God upon themselves, upon their lives. But they have just slept like Jonah. They are not responding to the call. As Christians, as we sit here, Matthew chapter 20, 19 to 28, it's clear. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The Lord has charged us the great commission to make disciples so that souls are not lost. If we are not doing that, are we not like Jonah? Answer, are we not like Jonah? But we look at Jonah and we say, look at what Jonah did. We are, Jonah is, in a way, showing us who we are. What are the consequences of Jonah's actions? First, a storm arose. As a matter of fact, when you disobey God, when you rebel against him, whether you are aware or not, storms rise up in your life. Jonah was asleep. He was not even aware of the storm that was happening. Nations can be in peril. Things may be happening to yourself and your family, but because you are spiritually asleep, you will not be aware of it because of your disobedience, because you are sleeping, not aware of the will of God or rebelling against the will of God. Storms of satanic attack on nations are happening and we as Christians are sleeping because we are not watching and praying. Are you sleeping? Wake up. Now, two, because of the storm, the safety of the ship was compromised. The ship was almost going to wreck. And the thing is, when we run away from the will of God, wherever you go, storms are there. There is danger. 
but you may not see it. To other people on the ship had their lives endangered because of Jonah's disobedience. He did it. He was asleep. But these were the unforeseen or unpredicted consequences of what he did. We, are, we have disobeyed God. You have disobeyed him. I have disobeyed him. And we think that is all. Whenever you disobey God, you open a, 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 let's say an opening in the hedge and Satan comes in to attack. attack. But you are sleeping so you are not aware. Are you sleeping? Wake up. Now, because of this same disobedience, we can see that cargo on board the ship was being thrown to lighten the ship so that it didn't crash. Precious things were being thrown away because of your disobedience, because of my disobedience. That was Jonah. What have you, what have I, disobeyed? And what precious things are being lost because of that action of ours? Now, even those men on the ship, each of them was crying to their God. They didn't know the God of Jonah. And Jonah was what? Fast asleep. Hmm. We are sitting here very comfortable in an air-conditioned auditorium. There are thousands, millions of lives perishing because they've not heard the gospel. And we are sleeping, sitting very comfortable. Are we not like Jonah? Are we not? Are you not like Jonah? So, Listen to what the captain tells Jonah. How can you sleep? Get up and pray. How can you sleep? Get up and pray. That woke Jonah up. How can you sleep? Wake up. Get up and pray. So for all of us sleeping now, in the name of our Lord, I say, how can you sleep now? Get up and what? Pray. Tell your neighbor, how can you sleep now? Get up and pray. Huh? Sophia, sleeping, wake up. Hmm. But one thing is surprising to me. Jonah was a prophet of God. And he was running away from God. You can run from God, but you can't hide. Why? Because everywhere is in the presence of God. God is so many potent. And it reminds me of something. Once you disobey, once you become rebellious, God's holiness is such that you will run from him. Adam did it. Eve did it. But because of the blood shed for us by Christ, there is an opening. If you have disobeyed, don't run from God. Do what? Run to him. The good news is Jonah repented 
and fulfilled his mission for God. And the whole city of Nineveh turned, they repented. God forgave them and there was so great rejoicing. What did Jonah do? He repented. He repented right inside the belly of the, the big fish. And once he repented, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. His invitation to allow Jonah to speak and represent him to men, God renewed his anointing over Jonah's life. Yes, I have messed up. You may have messed up too. Are you going to stay in your mess? Repent. Jesus. And like Jonah, pray. Go mm. back to God. Write mm. to God. Mm. Wake up from sleep. Repent. Pray. In fact, when we look at 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23, it is written, 1 Samuel 15 and verse 23, I read, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. So rebellion, this gross disobedience is like witchcraft before God. My brother, my sister, are you sleeping? Wake up. The second sleep, the sleep of Samson, the sleep of Samson is the sleep of presumption. The sleep of Jonah was the sleep of disobedience yeah. or the sleep of rebellion. Now the sleep of Samson is the sleep of presumption. According to the Webster's New World College Dictionary, presumption <laughs> is the act of presuming Specifically, overstepping of proper bounds, forwardness, effrontery, the taking of something for granted. In other words, the presumption is taking the ordering of our lives into our own hands without consulting God or remembering our dependence on Him. We just assume God said it somewhere so. It is so. And you go and do something out of the will of God based on a certain word of God. I will explain. It can be the spirit of overconfidence. Too comfortable. You think you are too strong. Like Samson. Let us read from Judges chapter 16, 18 to 21. Judges chapter 16, 18 to 21. The word of the Lord. When Delilah saw that he had told him everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, Come back once more, for he has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair, and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, 
the Philistines are upon you. He woke up from his sleep and thought. He did what? He woke up from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. I repeat, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. Poor Samson. The sleep of presumption. God is with me. They can't do anything to me. Because on four occasions, Delilah has played games on him. He didn't say the truth. And any time the people came, he got up, shook himself. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he subdued the Philistines. So he thought that is the case. Wrong assumption. Presumption. They cut off his hair. He was powerless. It is true. Now the child of God is invincible. For scripture says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That I'm an overcomer. So many things. Yes, it is true. But when the child of God is disobedient and breaches, goes out of the will of God, you are lying. That strength may be there. By the time it leaves you, you will not be aware. So be careful what you assume. And stop making presumptions on God. The word Delilah um, means seductress, temptress, vampire. From the Wikipedia, the name actually means one who weakens or opposes or impoverishes. That is what Delilah does. That is who she is. Who betrayed Samson? Was it Delilah? Yes. But Samson betrayed himself first. And that opened the door for Delilah to enter. He assumed that God had said, Samson, be holy, walk behind, don't do this, don't do this. And he was breaching all of them. Breaching all the rules by thinking that God said so. And so I am what I used to. He shook himself, the spirit of the Lord was not there. So those of us who presume, because we are told we have been saved, and you say once saved, always saved. Be careful. You must walk the path of righteousness by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many of us are like Samson making presumptuous things. Note, several of us men have Delilah's hiding somewhere. We don't know we are wasting our strength. Be careful. Women have the equivalent too. 
Do you remember the temptation of Jesus? Matthew 4 and verse 6. And Satan said to him, I read, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. Satan was making Jesus presume. But what did Jesus say? Thou shall, it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Hmm? Don't be presumptuous. Come out of the sleep of presumption. Are you sleeping? Respond. Are you sleeping? Wake up. Wake up. Don't sleep the sleep of disobedience or rebellion. Don't sleep the sleep of presumption. It's very, very easy for us to be presumptuous. Let's be careful. The third we'll look at is the sleep of tiredness, of weariness. And this we can look at from Matthew chapter 26 verses 36 to 41. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said, Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour the spirit is indeed is willing. No. Watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. Let me take it again. Verse 40. Peter, what could you not what? Could you not watch with me one hour? 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is a period where Jesus really needed them. They were tired. Christ was tired too. Jesus had already been betrayed. The soldiers were on their way coming. He was asking for prayer support so that he can stand because the whole forces of hell were poured against Christ to make him go against the will of God. His own will to come and offer himself. But it was difficult. Because he can see the torture. His crucifixion. crucifixion. It was not easy. If Peter and Co had prayed, could it have made a difference? Maybe. Maybe they could. They may not have Peter will not have lied to the young lady that I'm not a disciple. 
he slept. And as he was sleeping, the enemy were coming for his Lord. The sleep of weariness. I want us to note what Jesus said. He said what? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. What? Watch and pray that what? You enter not into temptation. No matter what, no matter how we do things, let's pace ourselves. If you become too tired, you can't pray. You'll be sleeping spiritually. Mm. Indeed, in First Peter five and eight, First Peter chapter five verse eight, it says, "Be sober, be sober, be vigilant, for the devil your adversary walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Evil lurks in every corner." When righteous people are weary, are tired and sleeping. So be sober, be vigilant, watch and pray. This is what the Lord himself told us. The last sleep I would like to talk about is the sleep of the habitually lazy person. There are several, but I'm restricting it so that we would we package it a little at a time. The sleep of the habitually lazy person. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 to 34. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 to 34. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone walls were broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Verse 33. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Several Christians are habitually lazy. I'm not saying lazy, I say habitually lazy. They are not diligent at work. Neither are they are doing the Lord's work. And just as a lazy person cannot do well physically, so that same lazy person cannot do well spiritually. If a laziness is one of the reasons why several will say, I don't even have time to do Bible reading. I don't even have time to pray. 
the sleep of carelessness, laziness, is a dangerous one. We must be aware of it and shed it off. It will affect you physically, it will affect you spiritually. Sleeping, wake up. Now, let's look at some signs, some indications of somebody being deep spiritual sleep. I'm just itemizing them. There are plenty. Let me take maybe 10. When prayer ceases to be a priority to you, know that you are sleeping. What did I say? When prayer ceases to be what? A priority to you, you are sleeping. So what do you do? Wake up. Pray. Two. When you become content with the spiritual knowledge that you have already acquired and stop hungering and thirsting for the scriptures, you think you know I know. So I don't even have to read the Bible again. Be careful. You are slumbering. You are sleeping. When your biblical knowledge is not applied inwardly, you go to church, you hear preaching, you hear everything, but you don't apply it. Know that you are what? Sleeping. So what? Wake up. When thoughts about heaven and eternity cease to be regular in your life, all you think about is the temporal, the physical. And you got lost chasing temporal things only, not having time for your spirit. You are sleeping. Asleep? Wake up. When you commit the sin, when you commit sin without your conscience pricking you, hey, wake up. When you take the Lord's name in vain, then you are sleeping. In fact, if you go about using the Lord's name in vain, saying that he has spoken to you, when he has not spoken to you, you are actually sleeping. You are deceiving yourself. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. When you pardon your sin and your laziness, saying that God understands, and so you continue doing it, you are sleeping. And in fact, when you are willing to cheat your employer, you are sleeping. Can you see that we are sleeping? You're cheating 
They are coming to church. Sleeping. Wake up. Now the question is, how, what can you do to stay spiritually awake? Number one, repent. Like Jonah. Even Samson repented. Before he died, said, Father, forgive me. Give me my... His hair had grown and the Lord gave him the power. When they repented, they went back and spoke to God. They made open a channel of communication. So repent, open channels of communication by praying. Remember what the captain told Jonah? Arise, pray. So run to God. Don't run from him. Be aware of his presence. Repent. As you open the channels of communication, ensure that you also study scripture, meditate on scripture, keep it in your mouth. That is God talking to you. Communication two ways. You speak, he speaks. And practice the scripture. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If you just listen and you don't practice, what is going to happen? If Pastor Shabo, we close and somebody give you a big bowl of banku, and you look at the banku and you don't eat, will you enjoy it? When you hear the word, it is meat indeed and food indeed. Eat it, apply it. Jesus. That's why scripture said in in when um, Joshua was spoken to, he said, ensure you don't let this word go out of your mouth Mouth. and ensure you do it. it. Then shall your success be great. And associate with other Christians. Those on fire so that your fire will be also you can also enlight, uh, help somebody's fire burn. When you're alone, it is not good. Just be aware. John 8, 31 to 32 reads. John 8, 31 to 32. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There's a difference between being set free and being made free. Setting free is an event. You're in prison. I come with my group. We come and take you out. You've been set free. If in your mind, you still feel like you are in the prison and you act like still you are in the prison, you've been set free, but you are not free. When you have the knowledge that you are indeed free, you can move everywhere. You are indeed free. 
That knowledge of freedom comes by knowing scripture and knowing that yes, Christ died for you. And that you are to live his life. He died for you so that you will live for him. May God bless us. Amen. Now let me just summarize. We've looked briefly at the sleep of disobedience, which is the same as the sleep of rebellion, the sleep of Jonah. And it is very clear that all of us here have heard God's word one way or the other, and we have just pushed it back somewhere, hiding it, running away from it. It's creating storms. We don't even see the storms. Are you sleeping? Wake, Wake up. up. Then we heard, we also looked at the sleep of presumption. Samson. Just the word is there, but you are overplaying it. You're not using wisdom in it. And like we mentioned, typical case, the devil tells Jesus, you, this is what the word of God said, throw yourself down, display your skills. Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. God is there for you, but you shall not tempt him. There are stories of Christians who decided to cross flooded rivers, pastors, and their congregations, they died. Did God let them down? Then we looked at the sleep of weariness, tiredness. We are so busy running up and down, schedules of the church, that you get tired. You don't have the time for what matters the most, building your inner being from where the source of power comes out. Lastly, we took a look at the sleep of laziness. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have gone through this just to make us aware that the fact that we are awake walking around does not mean that we are conscious or aware of what is happening. In Christ's head, all the knowledge of wisdom, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And as, even as we speak, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you grant us wisdom and knowledge to see things in your word which will make us walk aright. Amen. So that we are not presumptuous. Amen. We don't disobey mm. and take laziness out of our hearts. Jesus. Remember, be sober, be vigilant, for your enemy, the devil, is running around seeking somebody to what? Devour. Unfortunately, some of us will sleep, sleep, sleep. You woke up, you have lost things in your life. 
things of different nature. Because you were sleeping, the devil has planted things to destroy you. You wake up too late, now you are firing warning shot. Bah, 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 bah. Be awake, be vigilant, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Please rise up.